Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Uh, B. Austin will be with us in just a minute. Super Bowl 55 was pretty much a dud, but congrats to the new champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or should I say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, with their devil-dealing quarterback. Um, We're going to put a bow on the 2020 NFL season and talk a whole lot more-ish that's going on in sports. So grab a snack, grab a drink, whatever you got to do. Um, and welcome to another briefing in the war room, because that starts right now. But of course, you can get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at number, as it's been for the past 11 years, it's 323-410-0012. Whether you're with us live or not, we just need to remind you that during the week, Anytime we're not live on the air, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Those are shows like After Further Review with the Mayor, uh, The Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris, John Appetit with the Burtons, The Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show with uh, Davis Backwards and Phil Matic 365. A uh, whole lot more, man. On the couch with the Wilsons. Check out everything on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on any of the major podcast listening platforms. Never an excuse to miss an episode, so don't miss an episode. What up, bro? What's going on, man? Super Bowl was trash. That was the worst, worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Super Bowl like ended up being some like, trizzle. Yeah, that was trash, man. That was a trash Super Bowl to a trash season, yo. Yeah, I, I guess that's what uh, Super Bowl ends up looking like when a team has home field advantage. Or or no, or is that yeah. just Super Bowl when we got COVID and contact tracing and 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 all kinds of yeah. nonsense and people being injured? I blame, um, I, I blame Andy Reid's son. <laughs> Turn the whole karma around on that joint. But shout out to the Buccaneers, man. They went in there. They dominated a team that nobody thought could get dominated that way. I don't think anybody thought that, you know, the Chiefs couldn't lose. But, you know, holding the Chiefs, the high-powered offense like the Chiefs, to no touchdowns, um, great stuff dialed up by Todd Bowles. Of course, he's not getting any of the credit. This is a whole Tampa Bay production. It was all Brady, all, you know, him and all of his 201 yards. You know, not, not crapping on Brady. You know, he didn't play terribly, but um, he didn't go light it up 
but everybody will make it seem like Tom just came to town and just delivered a Super Bowl like he was the Super Bowl pizza man. Um, but shout out to that defense, man, because they were dominant as hell. But let's uh let, let's let's yeah, talk man. about it. But before we do, play the pay this bill. Hot topics brought to you by my bookie. War Room Family, it's time for you to make some bread. Sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, it's time to place your bets. Lay down some chicken on the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game starts. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. Just don't place a bet, and then you go out and 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 make the bet come true yourself. Uh, that's an integrity yeah, issue. You know, Shout out to the Super Bowl. My thing is, <laughs> yeah, my thing is, he played himself by like, because he was like out talking trash about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, if he would have never said anything, I don't know what they didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, people can't shut their mouths these days. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the the um Super Bowl streaker. Um, if you don't know that story, we will talk about it a little bit later in the episode. Um, but y'all just need to shut your mouths and you'll see why once we start discussing that. But let's recap it real quick, man. Let's put a bow on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifty five in this twenty twenty NFL season, man. In your estimation, Jim, like why did Tampa Bay dominate Kansas City the way that they did. I mean, honestly, the defense went crazy, yo. My man Shaq okay. like was in the uh, performing like Shaq used to perform in the finals. Don't even ask me how, but like <laughs> so bars. The defense like it is almost like um and I've watched a lot of Buccaneers games just because of fantasy reasons and whatnot. Their defense seemingly got better during the course of the season. And they didn't, like, you know, they played their best game of the season at the right time because Kansas City's a talented team. And them dudes, they made them look mediocre. Like, they kept them out the end zone. Like, it was, it was, it, they played their best ball at the right time, bro. Like, yo, the devil, man. Tom Brady, man. Like, somehow <laughs> things break right for this dude, man. And their defense, like, that's all I could say, yo. To me, it was a defense. It really had another offense. Like, yeah. you know, they moved the ball. I mean, and, and a lot of times. A lot of times in these Super Bowls, Jim, like, like that that old that old cliche, it rings true all the time. Like defense wins championships. You could have the most high powered offense going up against people. I mean, and and last year, I think it's one of those situations where no matter what a team is known for, even if a team is known for their offense, they get to that certain point. And to get over that final hump, like the defense has to kind of show out. It even happened back when we were talking about teams like the Indianapolis Colts who were carried by their offense throughout Peyton Manning's whole tenure there. But when they got to that Super Bowl, the defense showed up and showed, you know, showed out to make sure that they were going to get over that final hump. A lot of these times, like the offense comes in with all this hype and doesn't perform like they perform in the regular season, and the defense jumps on that stage and does what it has to do. Your Denver Broncos, they pretty much handed 
Peyton Manning his his second ring because they went out there and and dominated that Super Bowl game. So it's the same way here. And some of the standout names, you know, you name Shaq Barrett, uh, Devin White did his thing um, in this game. Um, um, who else? Um, the cornerback, because you know a lot of eyes were on them because of how Tariq Hill did them in the regular season game, especially in the first quarter. But in this game, Antoine Winfield Jr., yo, they list him, pro football focus, they list him as having 61 coverage snaps, two targets, zero catches against him, one interception, and um, I think one pass defense or something like that. There was a 0.0 passer rating allowed against him. And, you know, all eyes were on him because of what Tariq Hill did to those dudes in the first game. Mm -hmm. So it's like everybody stepped up. Patrick Mahomes was on the run. Dude was running for his life. There is a stat that came out, something crazy like 457, 497 yards was what Patrick Mahomes ran between snaps and passes in this game. And 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 you saw got him off, they were dropping him anywhere. Right, like he would he would snap the ball, the rush would come, he would turn the run, he'd run backwards, he'd run to the side, he'd run everywhere. Dude ran for almost five hundred yards between snaps and passes. And <laughs> he was just under siege all night. So you are I, I agree with you one hundred percent, man. The defense turned it up, won this game. Um the offense I thought the the running backs, in particular for the for the Buccaneers, man, they were running hard that night. Like there was contact, and they were running through the contact. They were getting eight yards a pop, ten yards a pop. Like it, it was just a dominating performance in the first half. You know, I thought there was, I thought there was some, you know, the Brady effect was was in effect. It seems like when both teams were having trouble scoring. It seems like the referees got a little involved in that first half and kind of walked Tampa Bay down the field for their first couple of scores with a, with a lot of ticky-tack calls. So it kind of seemed like, you know, the Brady effect was in. Um, after that, they kind of just handed the baton over to the, to the Tampa Bay defense, and they just finished the domination off for you. Did you notice anything in yeah. the first half, like, you know, with the refereeing of this game? It's weird, but I don't know. If I, but but it seemed it seemed off. But at the same time, I was hating. So, like, it might have just been, you know um, my, my sensitivity to to just assume they was hating. And Tobias added, added to it because he kept telling us they was going to hate. So, on one one on one hand, I want to say yeah. On the other hand, I want to say it could have just been like you know how I was looking at it, and you got blame Tobias for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. Tobias with his. I'm starting to think, and we'll talk to him in a minute. I'm starting to think his declaring games over in like the second quarter. I think that's, I think it, at this point it's superstition for him. Like he got to do it for his team to win. I don't know <laughs> if he really believes it or not. I just think he has to do it, and it's worked for him in the yeah. uh, NFC Championship game and now the Super Bowl. So shout out to him and congrats to him for his team doing what they do. But we'll wrap to him when he makes his daily, well his weekly segment call. Um. So, but in no way am I saying that the officiating like determined the outcome of the game because they they obviously didn't have to score much 
<laughs> in order to, to win this game with the way the defense perform. But I'm definitely, you know, hating aside, I'm, I definitely thought that at least to break up the monotony of the early troubles that both offenses had, you know, I think they kind of got involved. Um, the Brady effect was in, was in full effect. They, then they were like, Hey, you know, we did our part. Now y'all gotta go out here and finish it. So, um, <laughs> with that being said, congratulations to the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the new champions of the NFL. Um, anything else in particular stand out to you in, in this game? Or was it just, you know, mainly the defense? I mean, it was a defense. I mean, Brady made plays when he had to. Um, I mean, outside of the fact that these are all Brady folks that came in. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, like Gronk, A.B., he was cooking with all the, uh, the, the, the transplants, so to speak. Right. Like, he – the offense definitely was, was his. The defense – I mean, we saw this defense improving – you know, we saw the the potential of them getting to this level last season. So we kind of knew what that was hitting for. Um, even the offense, you know, they, they were a pretty good offense besides the, the turnover numbers. Um, but Brady did bring in guys, and, and a lot, several of the guys that he brought in, you know, they showed up and showed out in the, in the Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski had – two touchdowns in, in the first half of this game. Um, Antonio Brown scored in this game. Uh, some of the running backs, um, I don't, you know, they probably came to the, came into the fold because of Tom Brady. I mean, we can't give Shady McCoy any credit because he didn't get a snap. Um, <laughs> but he was one of the people, you know, oh, I see what they're doing down here. Let me join in. Um, I don't know what Fournette's thinking was after, he got jettisoned from the Jags, but he ended up in the fold and he, he balled out as well. So um, if you definitely can't give Brady all the credit for the play on the field, but I guess as talented as this offense was throughout the season, you can give him credit for that just because dudes wanted to come down there and play with him. So um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, this game, the game in general, what did you think of the, you know, the ratings were, they weren't great in comparisons to, in comparison to some other years. Um, I think they, I think the highest Super Bowl rating with Brady being involved was uh, the game against Seattle um, a few years back. But um, the halftime show, the Super Bowl commercials, what were your thoughts on, on the presentation because we already crapped on CBS so much before the game, and they kind of surprised us with their actual presentation of the game. But what did you think of the overall presentation? No, actually, with I mean, I ain't, honestly, I don't, I don't care about no halftime show. I saw he was getting slandered. So, honestly, I didn't even watch halftime. Um, yeah. So, you know, but I saw I saw online people didn't like it, and he got memed up and slandered. But I think anybody gets memed up and slandered for the Super Bowl halftime show these days. Dude, so that's not really. I don't think but. anybody's ever satisfied with the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm I'm sitting around wondering what they're looking for because for me, you know, and, and I know for you, like we're sports purists, so I can give a damn if somebody's singing and dancing at halftime anyway. But it seems like mm-hmm. it's just it's just a platform for slander now. I I. 
I would say I loosely watched. Like I saw some of the weird stuff that was going on, but I was actually dancing with my kids. So I wasn't even really watching or listening. We we were just being silly like we usually are. But from, you know, from the time that I looked up and stuff like that and paid attention for a few minutes, like I didn't see anything that was slanderable offenses. I just think people are just miserable these days and they just want everything to be trash. Yeah. So, you know, for I mean, me, like, I'm I'm indifferent. Know, I don't think it was great. I don't think it was bad. It was just, it was a show. <laughs> I was walking through like a hall yeah, of funhouse mirrors or something. But, but. But, I, but I will give, I will give them their credit because we did put them beforehand, but it's, it's, it's with reasons. But they came through like the, the, the camera footage was improved. Um, you know, so the presentation overall was a lot better than, you know, we gave them credit for. It, yeah, I guess you gotta, you gotta step it up when you get the bowl. And they did. Shout out to CBS. <laughs> they had trash bowls though. But then they had trash bowls before. I don't remember CBS had a trash but I'm just saying like, you know, this year was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. They had Romo, but Romo, he was getting on my nerves a little bit in the first first half because when stuff with the officiating was getting kind of ticky-tack and getting kind of blatant, like he was towing the company line and, and acting like nothing was going on. It took the halftime crew to actually come in and mention something. I think it was like Nate Burleson and Boomer Esiason to actually say, all right, it's time to let the Super Bowl teams play. The, the the refs are are, are kind of infusing themselves into the game a little too much. It's time to let, you know, these teams did a lot to get here, went through a lot to get here. It's time to let these guys play. And and I agree with that. And it, and it seemed to change in the second half. <laughs> Might have been too late for the mm-hmm. Chiefs by then, but it, it seemed to, to, to change. Um. So, yeah, um, that, that was it in a nutshell. Um, wasn't a great game. Uh, presentation was okay. It didn't feel the same to me, period, you know, because the whole COVID thing, like, you definitely had to watch the game either by yourself or just <laughs> with your immediate family. Um, so it just didn't seem the same. It just didn't seem like what we're used to, but nothing in 2020 and 2021 um, is the same as we're used to. So, you know, it is what it is. All right, so – and some more NFL news. I mean, this is Super Bowl related as well. There's a growing narrative, and I don't know if you've heard or read anything, but there's a growing narrative out there in the last five days that Patrick Mahomes is overhyped and overrated. And the narrative is building to be what it is because of, and this is, I'm citing some of the people who's talked about this, because of his performances in Super Bowl. They're saying even in the win last year, you know, he, he didn't have the same kind of Patrick Mahomes performances and numbers that he usually has in the regular season. Um, and I've actually seen people blaming him for the loss this past Sunday. What do you, what do you think about this, what I call a very prisoner of the moment, silly take on this whole thing? I mean, it's not even surprising no more, dog. Like, like, yo, I I, I hate sports fans. 
y'all hate y'all. <laughs> I love y'all hate y'all at the same time because it's not even surprising. It's, it's to the point where it's not even like really shocking no more. Every Retirement is imminent. The best, they're overrated or underrated. Like, this is this is what you do though, Jen. This is what sports second. talk is now. You crap on people, even if you don't want to be out and blatant with your agenda, which is you're trying to give somebody else so much props that you have to crap on somebody else to do so. You know what this is. This is an, uh, another attempt to big up Brady, so we got to do this to Patrick Mahomes. It's terrible, man. It's corny. <laughs> Yeah, man. If you're going to give anybody props for that game, in my opinion, it's Patrick Mahomes. The dude played his ass off while he was under siege for most of the night for reasons that we all knew could be an issue for the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the, the state of their offensive line. Yo, this dude was making baseball throws. Shout out to his, his baseball uh, you know, experience in the past his baseball background, you know, there was a throw he made where he was horizontal to the ground, maybe 12 inches or less off of the ground. The throw ended up being accurate and the receiver drops it. Like he had a few passes like that where he's on the run for his life, makes a spectacular throw that was somehow on the money and it gets dropped. Like a couple of those Mm -hmm. changed the, 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 the outlook of the game at some point So it's crazy to crap on him Because he didn't end up getting the numbers If you know anything about football You know that Most quarterbacks If not all quarterbacks are going to struggle When the fat boys up front Aren't doing their jobs But we don't look at it like that yeah. Because we give quarterbacks all the credit <laughs> For anything that happens So if it doesn't happen Then it's his fault <laughs> Crazy man. Yeah, man. I, I, it's, 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 yo, I told you I hate these folks, see. Like, cause I just wait <laughs> for it, but you know, it's, 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 it's what, it's entertainment, and it's what ESPN has become, and because ESPN has come, that everybody has a voice, and this is just what happens, man. Like everything is extra. Like, dude, dude is like twenty five years old, and they were talking about like and he's been to the Bowl twice already. Right, he's he, been he, to he, the he, Super Bowl twice. Like, he's, he's. He's overhyped because his – listen to what they're saying, though, Jim. He's overhyped because his performances in Super Bowls, plural, aren't what he does in the, in the, in the regular season. Jim, he's been yeah, in Super Bowls. He's 25, and he's played in two, two Super Bowls already, been a Super Bowl MVP, been a league MVP, but he's overhyped. Because he lost a game in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I can't call it, man. I can't call it. Um, there were some things that even came out about this. Like the 22-point margin of victory um, on Tom Brady's side of things. This was seven points shy of the combined margins in his six previous victories. We know how close the Super Bowls usually are with, with Brady and the Patriots. Um, I also believe that this is Patrick Mahomes, uh, something like the first time that a Patrick Mahomes team has lost by double digits or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. I, that's insane. Yeah, it's, that's an insane. <laughs> it, it's it definitely is. So I, I don't I don't I don't understand how. I mean, if you're 
if you're criticizing him to that point to where you think he's overhyped at this point, I think it's kind of a, a situation where you were waiting for him to fail. And you're kind of like, finally, he has a mediocre game on a big stage. I can go in. You know, I've been waiting for this for a couple of years. So finally, you know, I can go in on him. And that's what people have done. Um, you know, you know, the main people with, with a lot of this silly talk, I, one of them was uh, your man Skip Baseless. You know what kind of Brady fan he is. So, you know, he he, yeah, he led the charge on this. Um, your man uh, Stephen A., Screaming A. Smith said, uh, we need to chill with all the talk of Pat Mahomes being a potential future GOAT because he got outplayed by the current GOAT at 43 years old on the biggest stage. That doesn't mean – that, that means he can't be in the conversation of, of possibly being the future GOAT because he lost to the – I don't get it, man. I don't get the logic. I don't get the logic in any of this. That doesn't make sense. Um, skip baseless, man. I don't even think he really likes Brady. I think his Brady love is more LeBron slander. I know that sounds crazy. But, <laughs> like, that, that's what Makes it is. Sense. That's really what it is. That's really what it is, man. Like, yo, I hate all those dudes, man. All those dudes should be tossed in the pit of unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and they're in the bad spot because I know half, most of that stuff didn't even believe. They're they're entertainers, yo. This is wrestling, yo. It's the Vince McMahonization of the entire world. Everything is just about clicks and entertainment. Yeah. Facts don't but that, matter. Logic but what you just matter. said makes sense because the whole GOAT debate thing is getting out of hand because now it's no longer you know, it's, n- it's no longer between players that play the same sport. Like I've seen the GOAT debate all week and it's been like Brady versus Jordan, Brady versus LeBron, Brady versus Serena Williams, Brady versus Tiger Woods. Like, this is what we're doing now. Like, who's the GOAT in sports, period, when, you know, to to take a a cliche, like, all of this stuff is apples to oranges. None of these people do the same thing. We're comparing team sports to individual sports. We're We're comparing sports that just are played totally different. We're, we're, we're comparing sports where dudes get to play one half of the game versus sports where you got to be there playing offense and defense. It's getting silly, man. It's getting so silly. Yeah, I hate, I hate everybody, yo. Y'all all, I, y'all all should be tossed in the pit of unfortunate. <laughs> I think this whole thing, like this whole conversation and some of the stuff we said last week is just a referendum of – um. You know why we're retiring soon, and like it's, I, I just is 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 becoming hard to take, man. The talking heads are, are out of control, but all right, <laughs> let's talk about our stat of the week before we go to the phone lines. Um, your homie Lashawn McCoy, like I said, he back to back Super Bowl champion. Lashawn McCoy is a six time Pro Bowler, a two time All Pro. Um, player, member of the 2010s All-Decade team, has exactly 15,000 yards from scrimmage. And again, it's a back-to-back Super Bowl winner. But he didn't play one snap in this year's Super Bowl or last year's Super Bowl. So so I'm wondering, I mean, I think LaShawn McCoy, you know, there's a probability that he was going to be a Hall of Famer anyway. But 
the importance we put on championships. Like, did these two Super Bowls cement his championship <laughs> legacy, even though he didn't play a down in either one of them? Like, like I really think they're going to be sports writers out there who are, like, on the fence with LaShawn McCoy, and then they're going to say, well, he won two Super Bowls, and then they're going to vote for him and put him in the Hall of Fame. How does that work when you didn't play in either one of these games? <laughs> I always think about this. I always think about this with Carson Wentz. Like he was on the team and arguably had an MVP season when they won the bowl, but he didn't right. win the bowl. Arguably was the so main reason they got there with the number one seed like, and all that. When we when we count Steve Young's rings, do we count the rings where he was the backup quarterback? I think ironically with quarterbacks you don't. Not well, not you. They don't, which I think is silly too because. Are you going to tell me because Phil Simms got hurt and, and Hostetler finished it off like Foles? You're going to tell me Phil Simms don't have multiple rings? Or, you know, are you going to tell me – I don't know. It's different with the whole – especially it depends on who you ask. Um, with the whole Doug Williams thing, people probably will tell you, like, Mark Rippin, who, who cares how many rings Mark Rippin got? Like, that ring is all Doug Williams. But <laughs> – but I think in the case of position players, you know, not quarterbacks, I don't think it's it's not held to the same standard. So, Yo, you're not going to say – you're not going to say – quarterback, we don't even know who got a chip. Right, right, because nobody, nobody gives these dudes – like nobody else has a win-loss record besides quarterbacks. Yeah. So if nobody, your running back right. got injured or if your you, running back you was just a healthy rings. scratch, I don't think you're going to say, well, he ain't got no rings. <laughs> Yo, how many rings but, Gronk got? I don't even know how many rings Gronk got. Right. <laughs> exactly. But but with the quarterbacks, man, if you get injured, <laughs> if you not if for some reason you don't play, like people are not even counting that on your record. Even if you did all the heavy lifting throughout the regular season, it's like fans have gotten to the point where the regular season doesn't mean a damn thing, even though you can't get to that point without what you did in the regular season. It's just another reason that I can't uh-huh. talk sports with anybody anymore, man. But it's shout out to sports, Shady, man. Is <laughs> Shady is that bull, man. Facts. <laughs> Shady is that bull. Nuance. Context. Oh, yeah. None of it matters. Oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Skyview in the chat room said his ring will be on the mantle. Haters going to hate. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And he said 10 Super Bowl appearances has to be considered, though, talking about Brady. Oh, no. Brady's legacy is cemented, no matter what anybody considered thinks for what, Considered for what, though? Considered for what? What are we considering it for? Yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a, a GOAT conversation yeah. thing. But, yeah, yeah, for the oh, people who about argue about that, you got to consider it. Yeah, but my but, thing is, considered for what? Considered in the debate against Pete Sampras? Like, <laughs> right. Like, it, like I was saying, if that's... If that's if that's a response to the whole goat conversation in you know between sports, then I, I don't even consider that. Like, I mean, what are we saying here? Yeah, you know, greatest greatest athlete of all time, because then there's nuances. Shout out to Sundiata about the word athlete and what that means. Like, so I I don't know, man. I, yeah, I'm on, I, man. I I don't plan jump. I don't even plan to jump into those conversations, man. Listen, Who's the I, goat hate, goat? I hate y'all for it. Yo, I hate y'all, yo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 
I can't do it. I won't do it. All right, so let's go to the phone line before we totally move off of this NFL Super Bowl conversation because I know Tobias want to, you know, get his two cents in since he's a fan of the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay, excuse me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide. Roll damn tide. Roll damn Buccaneers. (laughs) Hey, and remember, the Bulls will make the playoffs. And I'll do it <laughs> anyway. I'm hey. not too hasty there. Your man Zach, your man Max Zach is one of three players in the league that averages twenty five, five and five. Zach hey. is that dude. Uh, Carry we, we work on a we work on a contract extension. We got half naked white girls to send him the paperwork right now. But uh <laughs> he'll sign on the dotted line. But you know, the Super Bowl, right? I like y'all was saying, sports talk. It become nothing but a hot take fest. It is mm-hmm. stupid comparing eras, eras in different sports. Eras, sports. Yeah. <laughs> it eras in yo, sports. It's they're stupid. arguing that Tom Brady is greater than Serena Williams. Like, yo, they don't do anything that resembles right. each other. Like, what are we talking, yeah, talking about? about? Oh, he's greater than Michael Jordan. I'm like, how many Super Bowls Tom the Patriots won because of Tom Brady? If they want to get that deep, and I'm just, and I'm being honest, you know, uh, but. It shows that, like this game here, gotta be honest about it. The Bucks defense beat, like, beat the hell out of the Chiefs, and they won that game. Uh, and part of showed was, up. And part of the reason was Andy Reid's arrogance, and and that's a flaw with many offensive-minded head coaches. You know, your offensive line was like a church league offensive line. You gotta have people stay back. You gotta at least attempt to run the ball more. Because your court, because you know, one yeah. they don't Andy have a third option. He waited receiver. to run the ball when he was down by like twenty points. Like it's too late. It's too late. Now, he got to present the threat, and uh, and like Tom Brady, all he got to do is get his Brad Johnson on this game. And uh, to be honest, here, guys, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I just think that people just got to like just chill and be like, hey, the better team that day won. But also, people talk about homes got exposed. No. The Chiefs roster as a whole got exposed to show how good Mahomes actually is. Who's that third receiving option you count on? Who's the second wide out? I was about to say, it. you said third. I know we're not saying Hammy Watkins is uh, reliable. Nah, nah, I mean, Hammy nah, Watkins I, had a pretty good Super Bowl last season, but I'm pretty sure no one was holding their breath about that because, you know, he gets injured every sixth play. So <laughs> I was talking about, like, Kelsey and Hill, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, is that you double both those guys and nobody else will come open. Uh, <laughs> and so I just think that Mahomes, when he, everybody thought he's overhyped, he's 25 years old. But they keep, you know, like Aaron Rodgers only went to one. That doesn't mean that he's a bum. It is hard. You need a lot of good bounces to go your way to make it in the NFL for that. It's so many bounces got to go your way. Look at the NFC Championship game. Look at the Packers having a terrible cornerback and bad decision-making. The guy dropped a two-point conversion. The Bucks capitalized. And I'm glad they did capitalize. But I'll say one thing, though. Bucks Twitter's in denial. They really <laughs> think that these guys will take pay cuts because Tom Brady's here. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's the Patriot culture, man. It's the 
patriot culture. Hey, Y'all got to switch it around. If you're going to be a dynasty, you got to get paid nothing hey. and give all the credit two to Tom while you ain't making no money. Hey, <laughs> two guys, right? Shaq Barrett was undrafted, undrafted, right? He got a little 15 last year. Best believe he's getting that bread. Chris Godwin was a third-round pick. Ain't had his payday yet. And Aaron's on top of, oh, they ain't going nowhere. All right. And I always think it's stupid trying to pay two receivers top dollar. I just think it's stupid. Uh, you got to, like, let one go. But And I hear, like, the hot take media now say, oh, they're going to win it again. I'm like, dude, I'm just happy with the one. <laughs> you know, we said the same oh, thing about Kansas City last year. We said the same thing about the Eagles. They, they say that every – I'm telling you, the day after the Super Bowl, if you watch any talking heads, they're always talking about, yeah, and they'll be back because look at the team. Like, they say, I'm like, do y'all get tired of being wrong, saying, saying the same thing? I mean, not that Kansas City wasn't back, but, you know, every Injury. time somebody new wins a Super Bowl, it's the start of a dynasty. If dynasties were that easy, we wouldn't be so impressed by dynasties. So I like yeah. I I'm telling you, man, I, I cram to understand why these people get so much money to do this. Shannon Sharp was the only one who kept saying, Hey, it's hard. It is hard to go back because he did it with the Broncos that is hard. <laughs> you know, because you got injuries. People are gonna leave and get that bread. And people he was gonna get bread, said, right. Especially the people that perform the best. Like people are gonna be trying to Pick the defense clean for anybody that's yeah. a free agent. They're going to try to pick that defense clean. They might even hey. try to pick the, the, the coaches. Ty Bowles, Co- you, see, I, you always lose coaches after you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, everybody you because, know, quickly gets fooled into thinking that everybody is a genius because they were on the Super Bowl staff. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Because, and I, that's why I say just be happy with the one. And, uh, and, and that's why I'm always be that guy. If you win another one, you win another one. But I just hate how these hot takes say Mahomes is overrated. I'm like, how? One, no one saw this guy being as good. He's a young guy. Of course, there will be things he got to work on his game because he's young. <laughs> it, it, he look, and I'm sorry. The offensive line was a shambles, and they went against the Bucks, who had honestly talent for talent. The Bucks had a more talented team. And yeah. and I saw here's a funny stat for you. Y'all forgot. Y'all should have mentioned. Every guy, everybody who scored a touchdown for the Bucks last week, none of them played last year on that team. <laughs> none of them was there. Yeah, we, we talked about that. the new guys. Brown, <laughs> Gronk. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Fournette, all them dudes is getting it in. Yeah, we talked and, about how Tom brought his whole team in to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, you know, and, and, you know, I just think people just got to understand there's all these hot takes, and and like a lot of fans don't get this. Tom will be 44 next year. <laughs> you know, he could turn a spaghetti arm any day now. Yeah. And and what and like and I just think people are missing that. And like next year, the coach is gonna be gone because you know Bowles will get a job, Leftwich probably will get a job as well. It's just what happens to Alabama all the time. And when half the coaching staff leaves, when you leave, like the Patriots, folks take that coach. Then people take the Eagles coaches after they won, yeah, <laughs> you know, pick them, players. Pick them yeah. <laughs> so they were just lucky that nobody wants to hire black people. Uh, that's probably why Aaron <laughs> got a black staff. <laughs> nobody tried, nobody going to take them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
Tino. But one thing I got to touch on, because I don't know y'all going to touch on it. Uh, have you seen this stuff of, like, people mad at Barkley talking about today's NBA? And then Garnett saying that all this, these guys. And I think if people miss the point, like, Fred, yes, the game has evolved. But analytics kind of ruined the game when it's all a three-point contest and you got all these guys coming to the league, can't even pull up for a mid-range jumper. <laughs> you got to you know, pull up for a mid-range jumper. I mean, jumper. Yeah, people – People always, I mean, because Barkley, he he said, I mean, he's he's consistently controversial, I guess. Like Barkley is, he has said some stupid things over the years. He said some good things over the years, but you know what's consistent is he's always going to be a catalyst for criticism, no matter what he says. But no, I've definitely heard it. Um, Some of the stuff that you're talking about, you know, I agree with. Like I try not to be the get off my lawn dude but you know watching basketball every night it it gets a little frustrating like you you'll flip to a game and you'll see at least six three-pointers before you see a foul shot before you see a layup and definitely before you see a mid-range jump shot um you'll flip to the next game and you'll see the exact same thing and the problem is now like it's become so commonplace like I tell you guys in the chat, like any any average NBA bum is hitting three pointers now. So it's kind of making the things that people like Reggie Miller, Steve Kerr, Dale Ellis, Dale Curry, is making those dudes, you know, they're they're way less special than they were when they were playing because being a three point shooter back then, you know, it, it, you you were a specialist. It gave you something that everybody else couldn't do, wouldn't do, wasn't doing. Now you turn like every NBA bum is taking threes. Um, they can make threes, but at the same time, you'll see people jack up six in a row and miss, but they're going to keep doing it because analytics tells you that, you know, even when you, they tell you it's the most efficient shot in basketball now. So yeah, it, it's frustrating to watch, man. So on things like that, like I agree with Barkley because it's, I don't think it's, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's get off my lawn to just say that that style of basketball is just, it's just boring. boring. Yeah, like, yeah, because cause you know what everybody's going to do. And I know like, the young cats like Fred never seen it. Because, get this there, I know the young kids like Fred ain't seen Barkley play. <laughs> Barkley had a very 2020 game. He could post, he could score, he could dribble, he could do everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know people ain't seen that. Yeah, but the problem is that, one, like, people always say Steph Curry changed the game. No, y'all just didn't watch Steph Curry all the way. Y'all just saw sports on the highlight. Y'all don't see Steph Curry <laughs> move out the ball. Y'all don't see Steph Curry set screens, move off screens. The Warriors set, set uh, run sets. And also Steph taking mid-range jumpers, he and Clay. They have all-around games, you know. And, 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 I, and I'll say this. In my opinion – Analytics off a role player, <laughs> you know. I'm just being <laughs> honest about that because you mean to tell me I'm gonna tell KD, hey man, don't take those 18 foot mid range, dog. We need to take these 23 because the computer say so. You that know, actually no. makes, that actually makes sense because you're not gonna tell KD, LeBron, you're not gonna tell them that any shot they're taking is a bad shot. You're just gonna let them go to work because they're superstars. <laughs> and, and I'll and I'll, and I'll leave y'all with this. Dudes. Like what are you doing in here shooting a mid range? Back up. <laughs> and I'll and I'll leave y'all with this. Uh two things. DeMar DeRozan 
average 20 plus points a game mid range, but somehow he's a bum. But yeah, we like Steph Curry. I love Steph. He does a great job. But yeah, how he more value? He can't do everything Demar does. But also remember, this is the same analytics guy that say Shaq shot was the most inefficient shot, even though you could stop him. <laughs> but uh, hey, you guys oh, have a good one, man. Hey, All right, man. Hey, by the way, still out, hey, still out there celebrating. Hey, you guys take You're having guys. a hell of a year, uh, sports wise, man. Dodgers, hey, Bama, you, Tampa Bay, <laughs> the Bulls. Hey, 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 guys, you guys have a good one, and hopefully we won't hear about them trying to the media trying to break up the Sixers for another two weeks. But anyway, man. you guys have a good one. <laughs> All right, man. Peace. All right, fam. Nah, that's crazy because I was watching something. You, you know, I'm the style. They've been showing this series gym on um, NBA TV called NBA 80s, and they also have NBA MB 90s. Um, I haven't watched the 90s one yet, but uh, me and my son were watching the 80s joint, you know, just to show him what basketball looked like when I was his age or whatever. And parts where they were showing, you, you know, your Showtime Lakers with magic and the fast break stays to run. I'm like, that's one of the things that you kind of miss about basketball. Like, cause you know, we, we, we keep it real here. And we're like, okay, a lot of the stuff that we um, romanticize from back in our day, isn't what, you know, mm-hmm. how we remember it. But looking at that, I'm like, that's something that you don't see. That's something that you definitely don't see because these days you get out on a fast break. Ain't nobody running the lanes for anybody to be magic. Because everybody's stopping at the three-point line. So Magic these days, and you see it in, like, Ben, ben Simmons, he's going to run past everybody, and he's going to, you know, do something. His trick pass, his, his Magic pass is passing it behind him to the three-point line. Like, he got to get the defense kind of sucked in, Pauls, and then kick it back out to the three-point line because nobody's running the lanes all the way to the basket with him. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, Magic used to kill it. Like, <laughs> Like, like Youngin was, he was even impressed, he, you know, because he would see Magic turn his head, look away, and then pass it to a, somebody for a dunk. And, yeah, that's definitely something that you don't see these days because they're going right to the three-point line. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely, y'all. Absolutely, y'all, man. It's, it's, it's a different game, though. Like, it's, the thing is, it's a different yeah. game. Like, some folks, like, some of these, these young cats will watch that and be like, I don't, they don't care about that kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's a different game they grew up with. It's, it's a different game. Like I'm, because I remember again, and, you know, that's what that, that's the reason why I don't get mad. I don't get like Barkley because I remember uh, growing up in the '80s and '90s, and folks told me that was trash. They told me that you know if I didn't see Bill Russell or Wilt, like they played real basketball. They told me <laughs> that, that you know Magic and them was trash. So it's kind of like all this fancy passing things stuff. going cycles. Play the game where it's supposed uh, to be played. Fundamentals. Yeah, and yeah, in the words that keep tipping abstract, man, you know, things going cycles. No, it'll be, uh, you know, in 20 years, uh, they'll find something new in the game. I don't know. People are going to be shooting, like, backward shots. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be something wild, dog. And the kids these days are like, yo, what the hell are they doing? Or to regress. Like, you know what I'm saying? It'll go back to that. Like, so who knows, man? Who knows? Because the thing is, think about this. So think about like when you watch documentaries and when they when they when the cats in the NBA used to talk about the ABA, they used to be like, "Yo, what's wrong with these dudes, man? Like, like what are you? What's a three pointer? Like, what are y'all doing?" Right. Said they showboated too much. 
Yeah, yeah, they said like, yo, even jump shots is trash. Like you supposed to go to the hole every play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything, so like, everything you know. changed. Yeah, but but you know, for me, I can look at old tapes from before I was born. Like I can take something from every era, you know, including this era. I can take stuff from every era and like, all right, that's dope. That's dope. I just like I'm, and it's and it's even like if if somebody catches fire, like somebody catches fire from the three point lines, like that's. That's cool, but to just see that being the primary, you know, offense every single play down, like I swear to you, it gets boring, man. But um, I mean, it's mathematics. Like things will definitely change. You look at the, that's because it's all math. When you look at the percentages, right? If you're making a three at a certain clip, yo, having that many misses doesn't matter because you make up for it because you're shooting threes versus you're getting two, more right? points. <laughs> yeah, it's really math, and you know, in the words of B. Austin, yo, that's that's the only score. The only thing that matters is points. But that's the thing; they, they found the a way. They found a way to convince us, and and I mean, if you look at the argument, you you know, I I can understand I understand where they're going when they say that. But they found a way to, with with math to tell us that the least efficient shot is the most efficient shot. Because it's kind of like at this point, ignore efficiency just being a higher field goal percentage. You have to factor in that it's worth more points. So even if you shoot it at a lower clip, it's worth more points. It's going to get you closer, you know, to any deficit yeah, it's, or it's going to build any any lead faster than if you're going back and forth with two-pointers. So that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they've, I mean, that's, that's they basically found a way to tell us that. The least efficient shot is the most efficient shot because it's worth more points. <laughs> well, yeah, cause it, because if again, I give you, math, if I give you fifty dollars a week <laughs> for ten weeks, or if I give you three hundred dollars every other week, <laughs> like, like that's kind of what they're telling you. Like you're gonna end well, up no, with more they, money you, because 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 when you add an extra. It's, it's all it's all modeling. When you do modeling, you add an extra variable in. Like mathematically speaking, they're right. They are mathematically speaking, they're right. Doesn't mean it's about. Doesn't mean that it's more entertaining or, or, you know, it's just that mathematically they are right because when you add the variable in of it having more, at that point, it it, it does become the best way to play mathematically. But doesn't mean that it's going to work out the right way all the time. It's it's, it's similar to how NFL coaches make the decision of when to go for two. They always like some of them will rely strictly on the math. And the thing about right. math is. Everything always regresses to the mean. So if mathematically speaking, the three-pointer is more efficient, that means that if you can knock them down at a high clip, then you will be better off shooting more threes and twos. Because, again, mathematically speaking, everything regresses to the mean. So, therefore, they're right. But Blueprint as, 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 a consumer, as a consumer and someone that's watching, it just doesn't, you know, make for the, 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 the best entertainment. So, right. you know, it's just two, it's two different things. But that's what happens when, you know, coaches got to figure out a way to save their job. They, they're looking for every edge. And that's really what it comes down to, to the point where they're trying to find edges in, in things that just, you know, you, you start to get like Belichick, where it's like, yo, not even the math is <laughs> enough for me. I need to, like, start deflating balls and, and, and you know, passes. Like, really, that's, that's really what, like, folks is looking for the edge any way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, an analytic dude came up with that. Yo, if we deflate the balls for PSIs, <laughs> you'll be able to throw it better in the cold. 
Matthew. Y'all didn't know the PSI was until Belly T. They started talking about <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No. I used to pump up footballs and basketballs and even tires. I used to just do it until it looked right. Like, I didn't know I was supposed to be (laughs) – I didn't know what the hell a PSI was. I didn't know it was supposed to stop at a certain point. I just filled it up into the joint like it was supposed to look. All right, so um, before we get into a little bit – a couple of NBA topics, man, uh, our stat of the week – Another stat of the week. We had two stat of the weeks. We had the LaShawn McCoy joint. Now we got an NBA stat of the week. LaMelo Ball, Lil' Cuz Mello, leads all rookies in total points, rebounds, assists, steals, double-doubles, triple-doubles, and, you know, turnovers. But, you know, that happens. Um, What's your thoughts on, on, on him? Like, because like, there's people still out there arguing against him for rookie of the year. And I ain't going to front. I've seen the dude Tyrese Halliburton play from the Kings. And he's surprising. Like, real skinny dude, but, you know, can shoot it from pretty much anywhere. He gets buckets, and you look at him, and you really don't know how he gets buckets. He's one of them basic game Malcolm Brogdon type dudes. Looks like Kevin Johnson that used to play with the Kings uh, a while back. Not Kevin Johnson, Kevin Martin. You know, kind of built like him, but like you, how can you deny Melo? He's doing all of this um, off the bench. I mean, Halliburton doesn't start either, but he's doing this off the bench. Um, I'm really hoping that this rookie of the year race doesn't come down to something silly like you know which team has the better record or something like that. But what's your thoughts on on young Melo and what he's done so far, man? I mean, is he surprising you that he's been this good? Honestly, no. Um, And because, yeah, we we saw this. Like, and he played with the pros for a while. That's one thing I'm noticing is a lot of these cats that play with the pros, um, when they they get over here, like, in the NBA, it's like, they play overseas, they play with pros, and they get over here, it's like, yo, this is easy work. But, so that, I think that experience probably more prepared him. But I feel like they're still holding him back. He'd be the runaway, just a just a clear cut runaway if he was able to play. Like let him, let him start, let him move, let him go. Yeah, but, you know. If they just let him take Graham's spot, like, yeah. <laughs> like you said, he'd he run away with this joint. But, but even at the minutes that he's playing, remember I said it before. For me, and I don't think they're gonna put him in this race because they're just not gonna, you know, have somebody about to win two awards. Like, I not only think he's the rookie of the year, but I think he's a candidate for six-man of the year. Yeah, Because he's not, he's not your average six-man where most of the people who win six-man of the year is because they're coming off the bench handing out buckets and they score like a starter. It's like, not only is this dude scoring like, you know, he, he's he's one of the top five scorers on the team. But the rebounds, the assists, like the way he runs the team, like if you not saying that this dude as a six man is not as important as some starters on this team, then you're really not watching. But shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I knew he would be good. I don't know if I thought he would be this good this quick, but it's all in his com- his comfortability level. Like he comes in, he has confidence, he's aggressive kind of like the opposite of his brother. Like, Lonzo has so much talent. It could be the same thing. 
and you know, a couple of nights a week, Lonzo shows you, you know, those skills. But Melo is just like, you know, throw caution to the wind. I'm just gonna go out here and be me. I'm not worried about what anybody and everybody says. I'm gonna just play my game. I'm gonna do me, and I think it's serving well so far, man. So shout out to Young Cuz. Um, NBA Players of the Week, man. De'Aaron Fox for the West, and Giannis Antetokounmpo for the East. Um, De'Aaron Fox for this past week averaged 31 points per game, 8.8 assists, shot 54.7% from the field, and led the Kings, who I believe before they lost to the Sixers last night was winners of six of their last seven or seven of their last eight. But last week they went 4-0 while he was the player of the week. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, Freak, on the other hand, scoring down 24 points a game with 10.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and the Bucks went 4-0 um, in the week. Have you gotten – I know they play late as hell. Have you gotten a chance to see De'Aaron Fox play this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean – he oh, might well, be right the quickest player. He might be the quickest player in the league, man. Like when he uh, yeah, dribbles uh, against you, know, you, you most most of the time you're gonna see the back of his jersey if you're if you're trying to guard him. Yeah, he up. he be out. But you know what's cra- what's crazy to me is how John Wall, who was probably the, the quickest player before we seen De'Aaron. Like, yo, John Wall ain't really lose that much of a step. I was gonna say he's. <laughs> Which is, which, is, which is crazy to me that he's still that fast. But, you know, I, I think Fox might have him beat. It's, it's, but John Wall's still up there, though. Yeah. I think John Wall, though, what he's added, you know, with go with his quickness, you know, he's a savvy vet now. So mm-hmm. he just knows he just knows spacing. You know what I'm saying? That helps a lot. This dude's still young. He's just using the speed to get past you. Um, But, yeah, even, you know, the Sixers couldn't do anything with him in the first half of the game that I watched. Like, I haven't gotten to watch him too much because, you know, I'm old and washed, and there's them West Coast games don't hit the same for me like they used to. So I've tried to yeah. watch him and a lot of people in the West West Coast this season, but I always end up waking up at, like, 2 in the morning on the couch, like, miss the whole game, don't know who won. Um, but watching him the other night against against Philly – Yo, I mean, your man came in in the second half and did a great job on him, uh, Matisse Thibel, because that's just what he does. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was getting his way with the Sixers in, in the first half of that game. I believe he had something like 23 in the first half. Um, so shout out to him for winning uh, player of the week. Um, I'm thinking this might be his first ever NBA player of the week. I'm not sure about that. Quote me on it. But shout out to the youngin. Um, what else yeah, is happening in the league, man? We got some more drama over the national anthem. Uh, I guess fans got wind of the fact that the Dallas Mavericks haven't been playing the national anthem lately before their games, and that was a you know direct uh, order from Mark Cuban. We know he's been outspoken about certain things in the past. He tweeted something about the, excuse me, the national anthem and the national anthem police last season before he ended up taking the tweet down. 
But the NBA came out with a statement saying that, you know, all NBA teams will play the national anthem prior to their games. And the Mavericks came out with a statement, you know, basically saying that they will be in compliance. But before this happened, well, after this happened, Cuban actually issued his statement as well. And he said, we respect and and always have respected the passion people have for the anthem in our country. I've always stood for the anthem with the hand over my heart, no matter where I hear it played. But we also hear voices of those who do not feel the anthem represents them. We feel that they also need to be respected and heard because they have not been heard. The hope is that those who feel passionate about the anthem being played will be just as passionate in listening to those who do not feel it represents him. What do you, what do you think about this little back and forth between Mark Cuban and the league and the fact that, you know, he did that, you know, period, the fact that he stopped playing the anthem at Mavericks games. What were your thoughts on that? I, I think it's funny that he stopped playing it because, like, you know, I, 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 like, how long did it take for them to notice? Like, or did someone pick it up and it's just, you know, just like court – Court steam when multiple people start talking about it. Like, who really, who really noticed it and made a complaint about it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, you know, NBA. You know, some of the arenas now are just starting to let a little bit of fans into these games. So, you know, somebody probably noticed it and got angry back before. I think you know, once he when he started it, nobody was in the building, so I don't think it really mattered yeah. that much. I think I did yeah, tune into I mean, a Dallas game lately, and they had a few people in the stands, so that that may have been how it started. But either way, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, we've always talked about it, Jim. People are frauding because even when they show the national anthem being played on TV, you know, all of these people, I ain't even going to say most of these people, All of, none of these people are in their houses standing up and and doing all of that stuff. So basically we're saying that we're fronting. We're putting on a show because we're at the game. They play it and they tell you on the PA to stand up. So we're doing it. But in in our fronting, we're going to judge everybody who either doesn't want to stand and now, you know, an owner who, who, who makes it, you know, who tells his team not to even bother to play it anymore because people are feeling underrepresented. So like the whole thing, the whole national anthem thing since the since the Kaepernick first started getting attention for it, like the whole thing has been a you know a, a fraud for me for all the people who want to be national anthem police and act like you know it's the end all be all in sports. Yeah, they want everybody to shut up and dribble, but then we want to play the national anthem for a sporting event. Like, what does that have to do with sports? Why does it have to be played? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's a, it's absolutely ridiculous, B. Like I like it's a song, yo. At the end of the day, it's a freaking song. Like who, who cares, yo? I wanna I wanna hear rock the mic before every uh event I go to now. Like come on, man. Like it's a song, B. But what is the, the bombs bursting in the air and the war and all that stuff? Like what does that have to do with oh, man? Come you on, know man. me about to get down on this court or the, or this field or like I I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But, I want to hear so damn. I want to hear so damn pep for every sport. In the right, right. Like, but um, gonna, I heard some. That's what we gonna, we gonna play so damn tough, man. That's all that nonsense. <laughs> I heard some different takes about when Cuban, when the news first came out that you know he had told them not to play it anymore at Mavericks games. 
You know, I heard another side mm-hmm. of the coin where they were saying, well, you know, if they don't play it, then, you know, people don't get a chance to kneel and and do all of that. Basically, people there were some people out there saying that they believe Cuban was doing it for other reasons that that really didn't suit the underrepresented. You think you think there's anything to that, or you just think that's you know conspiracy theorists doing their thing? I mean, Cuban Cuban do be frauding sometimes, dude. Like I I know <laughs> from his online behavior and his CNBC behavior, don't they don't match up all the time? So I, I'm gonna leave it at that. I know he be frauding, you know, depending okay. upon his audience. But at the same so time, possible. he's also a businessman. He's an opportunist, so he probably said that because, you know, it's in vogue to say those kind of things. But I, I can't say – I don't know what's in that man's heart. So what I will say is um, well played. <laughs> Either way. Either way, well played. Well, well played. All right, so I'm a, I'm a, I, I had another topic. We're gonna, we'll save that. We'll back burner that for a while. Let's let these dudes play for a little while before we start doing this. Um, so quote of the week. And the quote of the week comes from J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was pretty much on Twitter caping for his little brother T.J. And he said, Aaron Donald is absolutely, is an absolutely incredible player. I love watching him play, and he's headed to the Hall of Fame without question. This has nothing to do with A.D. personally. This is me saying what my brother won't. T.J. played one less game and still led the NFL in every major category. He listed the categories. I'm going to run them off real quick. But that's your quote of the week. But here's the categories. Tackles. Watt, 53. Aaron Donald, 41. Sacks. Watt, 15. Aaron Donald, 13 and a half. Tackles for loss, 23. Donald, uh, Watt, 23. Donald, 12. Pressures. Watt, 55. Donald, 42. QB hits, 41. Donald, I mean, for Watt, 26 for Donald. Force fumbles, two for Watt, four for Aaron Donald. Uh, passes defense, um, seven for T.J. Watt, one for Aaron Donald. And interceptions, one for T.J. Watt, zero for Aaron Donald. So in these defensive statistical categories, um, Aaron Donald had um, he had better stats in one category, and that was forced fumbles. Um, so what did you think about? J.J. Watt saying this was that was there any merit to what he's saying? Man, listen, man, I I feel like Aaron Donald um, commits random acts of violence. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. But mm-hmm. I'm not numbers be damned. I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm not mad at him for repping for his brother, man. Like he, that's what he's supposed to do. Like so, to me, this is like. You know, I know people wanted to hate on him for it, but that's his brother. You know, like what's he supposed to do? Like, Come on, man. Like, so, you know, like I said before, his mom, Duke, probably would have kicked his ass if he didn't. So, I ain't mad at him. See what I mean? But I disagree with him. Like, you know, I got a difference of opinion because Aaron Donald is, is a monster. <laughs> Violent. For me, yeah, it's like, I'm like you. Like, I'm not mad at him at all. For two reasons, though. One, like you said, that's his fam. He's supposed to cap for his fam like that. Two, I'm not even saying he doesn't have a case with what he's saying because especially for the stats are the end-all, be-all bunch, you know what I'm saying? If you look at T.J. Watt, statistically, he had a very dominant year. But like we always try to you know, explain to people in here, 
statistics aren't without context. And when you look at T.J. Watt and all the numbers he put up and, and every category that's quote-unquote better than Aaron Donald, you also have to realize that T.J. Watt is pretty much a stand-up edge rusher playing you know, the outside linebacker position. So, of course, he's going to defend more passes. Of course, he's going to get more interception. Of course, he's going to have more QB hits coming off of the edge. Of course, he's going to have more pressures coming off of the edge. You know, that kind of stuff, you have to put the context in. Of course, he's even going to have more sacks. You know why? Because it's freaking ludicrous for a defensive tackle to have 13 and a half sacks like Aaron Donald did. You have to look at his statistics in the context of being a defensive tackle in the middle of the line, in the middle of the defense, in the middle of the muck that is the line of scrimmage. It's much easier to operate if you're as talented as a T.J. Watt on the outside. So I agree, T.J. Watt has a case player of the year. And if you voted and he wasn't your second pick, then you probably have issues. You know, you take those issues up with yourself. But Aaron Mm -hmm. Donald is a different beast, like Jimmy said, because he's doing it from the middle of the line. You mentioned it last week, Jim, like, Warren Sapp may have spoiled some people because people don't even give Warren Sapp the credit of being as great of a defensive tackle doing the things he did, especially like pressuring and sacking quarterbacks from the middle of the line. People don't give him the, 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 the props that he deserves. Then we look at Aaron Donald and we're just like, all right, you know, you get used to somebody being that good. So now, all you're looking at is the numbers and you're not realizing and you're not watching games to see that this dude is getting doubled and sometimes triple teamed on every play. TJ Watt get to go man, you know, mano a mano against a tackle. Most times it's, it's a different world, mm-hmm. man. TJ's a beast, but Aaron Donald, man, come on, man. That's Godzilla. <laughs> so shout out to uh, JJ Watt for his quote of the week. We understand you're doing what you're doing for fan, but, yeah, <laughs> none of us agree. None of us agree. Definitely not. All right, so pretty much, Jim. What happened this week? Well, let me let me just remind some people real quick before you tell them what happened this week while they were on the grind. Uh, y'all can check out our website, of course, WarrenSports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is three two three four one zero. 0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, you press 1 if you want to talk. You can also join us um, if you don't want to call in. You can join us in the By the Hood chat room, which is brought to you by By the Hood University. Uh, we tell you guys every week the kind of stuff you can do and learn from By the Hood University. So make sure you go to our website, worldroomsports.com. Click on that By the Hood University tab. If you're looking to Make a more positive impact on your financial future. Just make sure you, you, you know, once you click that tab, make sure you look, study everything they're doing, purchase some of the courses. It'll be in your best interest. Trust me. By the Hood University. It'll help you with your financial future. It's helping me with mine. It's helping everybody I know <laughs> with theirs who, who we've who we've put on. So uh, believe me, it's not just cap. And if you do uh, buy one of the courses, use WRS as your promo code, and you'll get 15% off of everything on the Buy the Hood site. So it's not too late to go ahead and secure your financial legacy. So go ahead and do that now. Jim, what happened this week while everybody was on the grid line? 
Yes, sir. And while you're on the grind, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Here's what you do. Go to digitalextremetech.com, or you can call 267-205-4203 and tell them you heard it here in the war room to get the special, you know what I'm saying, hookup. Make sure you do that. Stop using trash websites. Go to digitalextremetech.com. But it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind. And yeah. man, this week, rough week. You know, this week, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, another RIP, man. Like, you know, well, it seems like we're doing RIPs all the time, but uh, NFL writer uh, Therese uh, Taylor dies at 37. Damn, for the 37. I know that. I don't even know how. I mean, I never went back to see if they actually found out, but they were just like dies unexpectedly at the age of 37. I'm like, damn. I swear, I, I read that, Jim. First thing I did was go in and, and do more push-ups and jump on the treadmill. <laughs> Whatever's going around is killing people early, whether it be COVID or anything yeah, else. Man. I got to make myself immune to it, man. Got to get back in shape. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, another RIP shout-out. Uh, former NFL coach Marty Schottenheimer is, uh, dies at 77. Um Yeah. We told you guys last week he was admitted to hospice, so you kind of knew, you know, in the next couple of weeks we were going to be reporting that. So rest in peace to Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, definitely legend, definitely legend. Um, you know, uh, baseball reporter Pedro Gomez dies at 58. That was shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Shout out to Pedro's family. Rest in peace to him, man. Yo, did they say what happened to him? Was that COVID? Uh, that was the same thing, man. Some like unexpectedly, and I never went back to it, man, because I don't be wanting to go back to these. Things. <laughs> I know yeah, we got to find that, out that, that we can report it, but you don't want that kind of negativity in your life. Uh, man. Listen, man. Russell Wilson speaks out. Russell Wilson speaks out about the amount of hits he's taking, man. Russell, you know, is chilling with chilling with the commissioners, and now he's just being outspoken about what's popping because you know <laughs> Russ is on that next level now. Yeah, I peeped that. Like, Russ was sitting in the box with the commissioner for the Super Bowl. And then the next day, Russ like, you know, that's the Seahawks, man. They need to give me some help. <laughs> like, I'm out here running for my life. It's like, Rustin went in the box and then came out and turned into T.O. or somebody. But, um, shout out like, to him. Man, you got to get yourself out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, th- th- and this is what he said, you know, because he was on the Dan Patrick show or something like that. He was like the first of all speaking because he had just won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So supposedly, you know, that's why he gets to sit with the commissioner for the game. But he said the reality is, I think it's frustrating being there and watching the game and sitting there. Um, but he said uh, part of it, like any other player, like any player, you never want to get hit. That's the reality of playing this position. Ask any quarterback who wants to play this game. Um, but at the same time, it's a part of the job. He said, I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times. We got to do better. I got to find ways to get better, too. He kept throwing little things in there like that so he can kind of be like, you know, I'm not just fully crapping on them. I'm saying that I got to get better, too. But he said, I got to find ways to get better, too. Just continue to try and find that as we continue to go along the process. And I think about my career and what I want to be able to do. It always starts up front, offensively and defensively. It always does. I'm grateful for the time I've been able to put in every day to the process. Um, so he's basically calling the, the, the Seahawks out. Like, like y'all got to do something up front so I don't keep taking these kind of hits. Um, I heard, Jim, that 
the Seahawks are not too like they're a little bit vexed about Russ going to the media, and I use that word on purpose because I ain't heard it since the nineties. Um, they're a little bit upset about him going to the media with his to air out his grievances, and I even heard things like saying I heard that they're saying things like, and I don't know who it came from, but sources say I got the air quotes up that they're saying this situation is not sustainable. I don't know if they just mean him being there at quarterback or just, you know, if they're going to be out here airing grievances against each other in the media. But the trade rumors have already started to float. You know, you got Russell Wilson's name coming up as a trade partner with the Eagles for Carson Wentz. And you're starting, you know, to to hear talking heads talk about where Russell Wilson would fit in, um, this and that. Like, what what are your thoughts on all this? You think something like this is great? The Seahawks and Russell Wilson? Nothing shocks me no more. I mean, throughout <laughs> every single sport, how folks just move teams now, like when they feel like it, nothing shocks me. But I just don't know from like a football standpoint. I look at that team, like they are they're nothing without him. So, I mean, unless you just ready to scrap it and rebuild completely over. But, you know, with the, with the offensive weapons you got, like you, you, you're almost there. I don't know, you know. You can't, you, you can't just replace Russell Wilson. <laughs> you definitely can. But you also know with the Eagles rumors, the ball Howie Roseman been covering Russell Wilson since he was drafted. When he got drafted, as a matter of fact, he told the Seahawks like y'all just took our quarterback. So, <laughs> Dang. I know he would love for that to eventually happen, but I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to that. He started the rumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, come on. He's going to try fourth day hand. We'll see how that plays out. Nothing will shock me, man. But uh, in other news, Malik Beasley is sentenced to 120 days in um, Hennepin County Workhouse. Um, you know, he's workhouse. having a, a pretty good season. You know what I'm saying? So, he, you know, after the season, he, my man going to have to go do 120 days. But you, but you notice them is after the season. And they're saying yep. he could do it from home confinement, you know, because he had narcotics. Um, charges. He had concealing stolen property charges. <laughs> he had um, um, he had weapons charges. Some some people said that he pulled a gun on them because they were parked in his property. He tapped their window with a gun. Like he's had some issues. But look, yeah, he's averaging twenty point uh, twenty and a half points, five point two rebounds this season. He wasn't averaging that before, so. You got a Minnesota judge here that's probably a, a Minnesota sports fan, you know, Timberwolves, uh, Vikings or whatever. You see how things start to get different when it's about these athletes. Because if he wasn't if he wasn't a Timberwolf, if, even if he still was a Timberwolf, if he was averaging six points, he would not be finishing this season. His ass would be doing this 120 days, either in the house or wherever he got to do it, at the workhouse or whatever it is. He'd be doing that 120 days. But wait, he averaging a That's dub. <laughs> he averaging That's a dub. Why. So why. we're going to let him do this after the season. And he's probably not going to have to, you know, step foot into a jail. So, Well, it pays to get fucked. Shout bucket. out to him. I was about to say, it definitely pays to get fucked. Shout out to him. I need to do something where they recognize my contribution to society and that I can't go to jail and I get good lawyers and got money. <laughs> 
I need that. Shout out to Malik Beasley. He having an interesting year. He's staying uh, in the blogs and the tabloids. He's smashing wives. He's getting sent. He's becoming a celebrity now. Right. Now he's averaging a dub. So he's backing it up, though. He's not just being a bum. He's doing his best. He's doing his best to get on Bravo. But listen, though, um, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, about the Super Bowl streaker, the guy that streaked on the Super Bowl. He placed a prop bet that there be a Super Bowl streaker and was supposed to win 375k, but all the bookies backed out because, you know, of him running his mouth and saying, yo, I made a bet, and then I did it. Right. Like, because, Jim, how do we know the whole story? Like, because the whole story is, yeah, the bet was made, he sent his homie out as a distraction to kind of get caught, and while the you know the guard, while the security was roughing dude up, he ran out onto the field and you know actually made it to the end zone. Something that the Chiefs didn't do. Shout out to the Chiefs. Damn. So that's, that's what I'm saying though. But how do we know the details of that? Because like you said, people can't stop running their mouths in 2021. Like if you don't go tell the whole story on social media then they don't know. Like, did you really think you were going to be able to tell them I placed this huge bet. <laughs> I set up the, the the situation for me to get paid off this bet. And I expect y'all to still pay this bet. Like, that's not how it works, dude. It's supposed to be some kind of quote unquote integrity in betting. They find out that you set up the terms. Like it doesn't work that way. So now he's gotten arrested you know, for, for streaking. He, he, he did that. Um, people were calling him, you know, the goat of, of betting earlier in the week because they were like, he got out on like a thousand dollars bond. He was supposed to get three seventy five. So in total, once he gets out and collects his money, he nets $374,000. Now he ain't netting nothing but negative a thousand that you had to pay, you know, to get out of jail because you ran your mouth mm-hmm. and now you're not getting nothing. Dumb. And some of y'all folks gotta understand you pay taxes on winning from gambling. Just wanna put that out there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we weren't gonna net that anyway, but but still. <laughs> yeah, man. Just keep your mouth shut, beloved. That's a, the, 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 so so the, the story and lesson there is yo, shut up. <laughs> shut your ass. <laughs> shut your whole ass. But anyway, man, those are the stories that happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Naive. Before we get out of here, tell everybody what happened to, uh with the state and sports. Definitely going to do that. Before we do that, uh, we're going to go to the phone lines, take one last call. Before we get up out of here, we got the homie Rob calling from out in, in Cali. Rob, what up, dog? What's going on, man? What up, man? What up? How y'all doing? I'm glad I, I swung by Plantation Radio. You know what I'm saying? But how y'all doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, All Plantation Radio about- make it sound like you're coming at us, man. People that ain't. They haven't listened no, before. No, no, no. I know okay, we know. We know. We know what you mean. But the people I'm talking about who's never listened before like that. He just said that to them like <laughs> No. No, no, no. No, speaking of which, I do want to apologize for y'all because I don't talk about the Carson Wentz thing. On this show, people have been on doing for years. No, I'm I'm a big McNabb fan and and I uh, was a McNabb fan and y'all was the opposite. The Eagle fans, when I talk, when they try to criticize me of me not trusting Jalen Hurts, they want to throw like, oh, you know, oh, 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 you cooning, you're a symbol because you don't, you want to a black quarterback. It's like, bro, don't have to root for every black quarterback just because they're black. I mean, come on, 
Like Ronnie Pete was trash. Anthony Wright was trash. Um, now you now you know yeah. how how we felt yeah. all the time. Oh, we were all we were doing. Rod was trying to be. All we were trying to do is have integrity as as analysts. Because first of all, it's not like we didn't root for McNabb. He's on our team, so we rooted for him every play of his career until he went to Washington and then you know a couple of days in Minnesota. So that's not even the case. What we were doing was being honest about what we thought of him as a quarterback and his flaws that nobody else seemed to notice. But when you speak out about that and he's a black guy and you're a black guy, then you got to hear the kind of stuff that you said. And and what's even funnier about that, when you get to talking like that, people will tell you, well, see how y'all do the brothers? I don't hear y'all doing white people like that. You don't hear it because you don't want to hear it because one thing about Jimmy B and Dev, and, and especially being public, being on the air for the last 10 plus years, we've smashed white quarterbacks, all that, damn near yeah. every episode that we've been on, there's been a white yeah. quarterback, if not more than one, who has gotten the treatment from us when we're just being yeah. honest about it. So if you didn't hear it, then you're not trying to hear it because you're trying to make a point, which is a stupid point. And all we've done over the years is just tell you how we feel honestly about everybody's game. So now you know how that feels. You know exactly. You know, I weak why so. And I heard thousands of times how, because um, if anybody don't know, Jimmy's a Denver Broncos fan, how, how trash he talked about Jay Cutler. You know, it's trash. Or even Payne Manning came on his team and stopped playing like trash. He talked about trash he was. But he loved the defense. You know? Brett Favre. So, and so why could Tika Jalen Hurts? It's like, bro, even if you look at draft boards, athlete, athleticism, okay. He gets an A for athleticism. That's like an A for PE. But he fails in this, that, this, that regards. And people say, oh, well, he's working out with the freaking – he's working out with the with the receivers. That don't mean ish. Listen, I was a Mark Sanchez fan. He worked out with receivers too. And still play like trash. You know? You know, some quarterbacks are just trash. And I don't and, and me as an Eagles fan, as, as those stupid Eagles fans, I'm not I'm not an emotional cheerleader, especially when it comes to politics, I always announces everything, you know. Uh but, but when it comes to my sports, it, 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 it it's like I, I don't believe, strongly believe if when they move on for Carson Wentz whether it be a couple of days from now, they're probably not because they ain't going to get no first-round pickup for him because I don't know what Howie Rosen going to do. He, he backs himself in the corner. He, he digs his own grave. The whole organization digs their own grave. You know, um, if, if they move off for him and Cleve Jalen Hurts, I don't have faith in him. I just don't. He's nothing. He's like, you might as well have Sam Bradford back there because that guy is trash. And they're trash quarterbacks. I kind of feel. I kind of feel. I kind of feel the mean, same way you think. I, I don't think. I don't think Jalen. Like after watching him play, I wouldn't call the dude trash. But I didn't see anything that impressed me to the point like, okay, let's move off. You know, even though he had a terrible year, let's move off of our franchise quarterback who, you know, was damn near the MVP of the league and the during the only Super Bowl year that we've ever had. 
Like for me, for me, and I'm not like 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 I said, because I don't care. I, I root for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. So if they get rid of Carson Wentz, okay, I'm not gonna cry about it. But my thing is, I, I think it's kind of unfair. I think he deserves a second chance. We've seen way more good in his tenure than bad. But it's like now we've set the bar so high as Eagles fans, as Eagles organization, because we won one damn Super Bowl that nobody's allowed to have a bad season. The coach has a bad season, he gets fired. The quarterback has a bad season, he gets traded. Like it's just getting um it's just getting silly <laughs> in Eagles land right now. But for me, I don't think Jalen Hurts is trash per se, but for all the people who were excited to see what he did when he was with the offense, I think you know most of those people were people who were ready to move on from Carson anyway. So you know, they could have threw a bucket in there and they could have scored a couple of points with the bucket and they, they're going to act like the bucket did way more than he actually did. For me, I really think Jalen Hurts had one great game out of the games that he ended up starting. Um, had another game that was like he was, you know, okay, he wasn't that great at first and then had a, a great half. Like, So he had one great game. He had a game that was kind of like a tale of two halves. And the rest of it for me was like, meh, like I didn't see anything that's like, all right, I'm ready to move on and let this dude come in and be our starting quarterback, be our franchise quarterback. I haven't seen that. So I'm not as harsh as you. Like, I don't, I don't think he's trash, but if you ask me, like, you know, if I was in the front office, I'd be, if, if we're going to move on from Carson Wentz, then shit, I might be using that, that six pick to pick a quarterback real tough. I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't use it if I was the Eagles. I would just use that six pick. It, 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 I would use that six pick to either trade back and first of all get some fat boys in the offensive line, or to take the best thing available. You know, and but 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 even then, you know, you, you know what the whole Carson thing. I don't know how. You know, this is a super rebuilding season. It's gonna take a couple of seasons for for them to even get back get back to that level. Because, dude, I and I love me. I really, like, I, like, I really like, don't like, think like, that's, that's the case, though. Because if they strengthen that, you know, the offensive line back up, which was really ravaged by injuries, then you know, they still, on paper at least, have one of the best offensive lines in the in the league. The defensive line had its best season, in my opinion, of as of late, of getting pressure without sending extra guys. I really don't think they're that far off. Like, seriously, if you get the offensive line together, you get somebody that's going to run the ball more and the quarterback doesn't play way beneath of what he is, I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl, but they'll be back in the playoffs. I don't think they need, like, some crazy total rebuild. But I think if they let do walk and we don't get somebody coming from the outside, it's a possibility of that. Because I think after you get a few weeks of tape on Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't improve from what he was, then I don't think that's going to be anything special. I, I, really mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's because you got to understand how he rolls. Let's talk about how he rolls. And how he rolls, and I mean, he doesn't, you got to remember, just, just like, that that draft you talking about with Russell Wilson, 
people gotta understand. Andy, we have personnel control up until he got fired, so he had the last of everything. That was that was gonna be Andy Reid's pick. Brandon Graham is Andy Reid's pick. Mr. Cox is Andy Reid's pick. You know. After, you know, when Chip Kelly came here, that, that was when Hype Rosen took over and started start showing. And he had about, I would say, probably one or two pro ballers at best that he said that, it, that he picked. One was like Lane Johnson, and I, I really can't think of another one. So, so, so somebody in the comments say something. But I know Lane Johnson's one. And other than that, you know, I can't think. Of I mean, you one. I mean, you said that, but all the names that you named with Andy Reid, they run a lot of Pro Bowlers in that. Like Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham just made his first Pro Fletcher Cox, yeah, but all of other names you named, like Brandon Graham, just made his first Pro Bowler. I mean, his first Pro Bowler. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, but even Brandon Graham, even at that time, even at that time. Those two guys, and arguably, and and I would be awesome with here, but and, and I know Jim, I know Jim, I don't know if Rock's not even Bobby, but but those two guys held up, basically held down the defense for a lot for a decade. I, I don't I don't I don't know if you'll get I don't know if you'll get an Eagles fan to, especially an Eagles fan in Philly to agree with you on that. For a long time, Eagles fans were saying Brandon Graham was was a bust. A lot for a long time. Until that dude started making plays in the Super Bowl, a lot of people in Philly were saying dude didn't live up to what he was supposed to be. He played. I'm he telling played. you. I've always thought he was solid, but people, when you get when you get drafted where he gets drafted and you get the hype that he gets, people want big sack numbers. That's all they're looking at is statistics. They want big sack numbers. It's the same thing with um Derek Barnett. Shoot, until he made a couple fumble, you know, a fumble recovery in the Super Bowl. They were saying the same thing about him. But now, like, after they see that, you know, he make a, a, a few plays, now they think he's probably better than what he is. That, that's how fans are, man. I, 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 I don't always look at the sack. I mean, the impact. Like, like, when Trump Cole was here, like, first of all, at Jason Babin, he was a, he was a punk. Uh, he told crap about the fans. When Trent Cole was here, he held Jason back at those twenty sacks because because he Trent Cole was a threat for the double team that freed the other guys up. I, I you know I look at like the average fan. You're right. You don't look at that like 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 like, like, like and that's I, what we and, preach. There's context behind all statistics. And, and, and I do agree because I want to talk about something. I do, I, I do agree with you. Now you got real, man. We about to get out of here. So if you got something, you got to do it real quick. I do agree. Last time, that by Aaron Donald, he'll probably want to go down the most polarizing figures to ever play defensive tackle. I I, I never thought I was going to see a defensive so. tackle better than Adama Kasu, but I think you know I I, I have a privilege seeing Adama Kasu play, Aaron Donald play, and Warren Sapp. You know when Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp. But you know what? I would still pick LT over all three of them combined. That's all I gotta say, man. About about, I mean, about that. And, and, a lot of people. How do people think LT is the greatest defensive player in history? So I mean, you're not you're not alone with that. I mean, I personally do. Yeah. And probably, and if you ask my dad, I said that player, like it's unpopular. Probably best player in history. But but, but <laughs> Rob said oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest. That's controversial. Like, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Great, man. Your last one, man. We got to roll. 
I, I, I do want to give dessert. I do want to give shout out to Doc Rivers for what he did with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is actually playing like a man, and and I'm really proud of that. And 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 I saw the same thing that he did with Blake Griffin, with Blake Griffin, except Blake Griffin had that versus but I think I think Joel Embiid is just more net, you know, like they say, the darker is the better, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you know, Joel Embiid is more, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just nasty when you get to the rim. So. I'm glad that's he's playing. That's up the thing about sports and, and having a reputation, because truthfully, we have no clue whatsoever if Doc Rivers has anything to do with it. But he's new Are there. He's, he's the common denominator. No, I'm I'm telling. Listen, Rob, you ain't let me finish my point, man. Calm down. I'm, but I'm saying that's what we have to go with right now because he's the he's the difference in the building. All I'm saying is we really don't know this, but it's just easy for us to to make that distinction. That's all I'm saying. I didn't say it's not. I didn't say it is. I'm just saying that's all we have to go with, so that's what we go with. But but I, to, to to add to that, Doc wasn't there when dude started working, right when they got out of the bubble and started working on his game and all that kind of stuff, working on his conditioning. That had nothing to do with Doc. Doc wasn't even named the coach yet. But I'm not I'm not yeah, saying that yeah. Doc probably you know Doc for if I want if I want to give Doc props for anything, and we have. He's a player's coach. He's somebody that players respect. So if he says stuff, they probably respect it more than even if the last guy was saying the exact same things. If the last guy was like, yo, we need you to get your big ass down in the post a little more and dominate people like you can, he might have flicked dude off like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that. Doc says it. He might take heed to it a little bit more. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying we don't know that to be 100% the case. That's all I'm saying. I see. I I I I I I feel you. I agree. I agree. I agree. And uh, one 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 last thing. I'm, I'm proud. I'm I'm glad y'all pulling your your the academy out there. I think I think that's what y'all call it. I'll see if I can sign up. Hopefully, uh, and I, university, I, 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 brotherhood I, university. Get with it. Brotherhood. You know, I'll I'll entertain my 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 um. I take a little capitalism just to help my community. I ain't going to start just getting want to help my community, you know what I'm saying, not just be a millionaire, you know, like Nino Brown had, hitting chickens out on Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be, you know, I just want to help to just uplift my, my people out of poverty. So that's what and, and oh, that, I mean, if that's, what you, if, that's your, if that's your goal, then that's, I mean, you're right in line with right. the principles of By the Hood University. Listen to the title. Right. I mean, listen to the name of the company. You can't By the Hood. You can't help the you can't help the poor if you want to. Right. But like well, buying well, well, the well, hood well, means something, Rob. It doesn't mean like it doesn't mean just to capitalize and make money. You buy your hood, so the gentrifiers don't buy your hood and change your hood. You can buy your buy hood and fix it up. Without kicking all the people out of it, so yeah, if I, that's what you're trying to do. Rob, then you're right. I'm Rob, with the principal. Rob, you can't you can't help the poor if you want them, Rob. That's all I'm gonna say right there, good brother. You can't help the poor if you want them. Man, 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 I agree. I I know. Come on, man. Come on, bro. You talking to brother? All right, but look, man. We about to get up out of here. So as usual, thanks for your call, and we holler at you next week. All right, partner. Oh, 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 all right, and see how people. How how people forget about Mars Cuban's uh Trayvon Mars comics. He want to switch up all of a sudden, try to get popularity. But that's just that's just me. Be aware of opportunities. That's what I gotta say, man. 
A lot of people right. we have opportunities stretching this. No, no doubt. All right, man. We holler at you. Peace. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, last thing before we get up out of here, man. This date in sports history. And that's brought to you by Sports the Book. Look, man, if y'all haven't purchased Sports the Book yet, I, like, what's wrong with you? Man, go to sportsthebook.com. Go to warroomsports.com. You can get your hands on it that way. Um, digital copy, paper copy, whatever you need, man. Just just go ahead and do that because I know y'all tired of reading these sports books and write with these articles and listening to these talking heads uh, with, with the hot takes and all the stuff that we've been talking about <laughs> early in this episode. Just make sure you get your copy of sports. Smart people only read the sports. Make sure you do that. Um, written by War Room Sports own Jimmy the Blueprint. Go get it. This date in sports history, February 11th, 1990. This day, Jim, will always live in infamy for me and a whole lot of other sports fans in a huge upset. For me, I still think with the circumstances surrounding the time, I still think it's the biggest upset in sports history. A lot of people go on what happened in the future, and they don't think that. But I'm thinking at that very moment, that's all I'm judging it from. I still think it's the biggest upset in sports history. James Buster Douglas KOs Mike Tyson in the 10th round in Tokyo, Japan, to win the world heavyweight boxing title. Gave Mike Tyson his first ever loss. Um, I think it derailed the direction of his boxing career, and that was all she wrote uh, from then on. Um, it was a bad day for me, man. You know, it was a Mike Tyson stand back then, so that, that was a bad day for me, man. Do you remember where you were <laughs> watching that fight? Because I remember exactly where I was I remember, watching that fight. I remember fight. exactly where I was, who was in the room. I remember everything because, like, I'm, I still don't believe it. Like, I <laughs> And I know that sounds crazy, but like the 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 legend and myth of Mike Tyson was so big that we honestly right. believed that he would never lose. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so, I understand how people felt when Ali first lost because that's that's what Mike was for us. It was like yeah, right. it was they literally used to call him the baddest man on the planet. That's his nickname. Like so. <laughs> watching him and it wasn't even the fact that he lost, he was getting dominated. Yo, when Mike lose, Mike lose. Like he, right. yo the fight right. that Mike did lose, Mike was getting his ass kicked. Yo, Buster Douglas was man, he put that jab on that dude. And the crazy part is, yeah. you know, you had the controversial counts in both of them. After all of that, Mike Tyson, you know, because he always had the the potential to knock you out with one punch. So he pretty much did that. Like, Buster Douglas kind of dominated the fight. Mike Tyson, with all the power he had, got in that, that nice hook. Buster Douglas goes down. They claim that the count was longer than 10, but, it's, but it was the same thing when Mike went down. So it was like, you got that fair shot just like Buster. Buster got his ass up in 11, 12 seconds. You didn't. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy, man. Still one of the, the craziest memories of, of my childhood. I never thought I would see Mike Tyson lose. And then after that, you know, the but, floodgates opened. He just, you know, but, came up. But the thing is, very if you think about the um, fights that he did lose, the fights that he did lose, though, my man Mike, like, when he lose, he lose. Like, he, Mike, Mike one of them dudes, lose, man, I guess, he not competitive under adversity. Like, when he front running, yeah. like, he's a front runner. He beating the trash out of people. 
Uh oh. Some adversity Uh-oh. Here's came. A hot take for, here's a hot take for you. Uh oh. Let's get the hot take right. Listen, man. Mike overrated, man. Like he 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 um he only he only good with the head. Can't deal with adversity. <laughs> Mike was a front runner. But I think I think I think that I mean some some will say the thing about like Floyd. The thing is we don't see Floyd like go behind. But right. but that, to me that is what makes Ali the goat. Outside of him being a humanitarian, him being a revolutionary, what amazes me about Ali is my man like wasn't afraid to lose, didn't, like, I feel like some of these cats be protecting their record, but yeah. Ali always bounced back. Ali always I mean, that, that's back. definitely like, Floyd with the protect your record thing. But I, but I would argue with anybody who tried to put him in that same category that we just gave to Mike. We don't see Floyd under a lot of duress because he was just that good of a defensive fighter. But Floyd was pushed a few times, you know, cats like Oscar De La Hoya pushed him you know, landed some stuff on him. No, so did so did Shane. Shane, was Shane well, Shane, Shane landed that one rounds. joint that that probably dazed him, but Shane stopped fighting. Listen, that. Shane, no, Shane dazed him, and Shane was giving him that right. work in the first two rounds, and then and right. then got he tired. Put and then, after after then, days, I think he was. And so then surprised. the boy said after the fight, he said after the fight, like yo, after round two, I was gassed. You know what I'm saying? And come come to find out, he was like it is in um training. And he had a young lady with him at his training camp, and then you know he oh, was grounding and pounding during training camp when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> so that was a whole other story. But, yeah. so Can't do, do that, Shane. You're a professional. Life? You should know that. How do you mm. how do you prepare for the fight of your life, and and you still like can't turn the yams down, and you gas after two rounds in a fight where you know the dude has like an unlimited gas tank? Like, what is wrong with you, dog? Like, but that that right there just goes to show you the power of the yamage. <laughs> Yams have, My have couldn't say derailed no. many a careers, many a lives. Yamage has started many a war. <laughs> yo, Yamage is evil. My man couldn't say no. <laughs> yo, my, man, my man couldn't say no, yo. He couldn't say no. But point point being that, getting back to Mike, though, man. Mike, when Mike lost to Lennox, it looked nasty. When Mike lost to yo, my man Mike said, yo, either I'm going to knock you out or you're going to knock me out. <laughs> Wet, wet the root of all evil, man. Has, all right, has man. Mike ever lost a decision? Has Mike ever lost a decision? No, that Mike, he, never Mike, he never lost a decision. I mean, it got so bad that Mike has lost. He's He's been TKO by, like, not coming back out, like, the corner. Like, by the time <laughs> it was all said and done, Mike embarrassed me for ever being a Mike fan, for real, for real. But... <laughs> But when he was on, when he was that dude, man, he was that dude. It was still like the greatest display of brutal pugilism that I've ever seen. Um, I guess that's why to this day I still hold him in such high regard, even though it's probably just not true. But look, we like to give yeah. a big war room salute to that historical moment. Shout out to Buster Douglas, man. He had his mom's spaghetti moment, and he went out there and did the thing because, you know, by the time he got to his first title defense, he had gained like 6,400 pounds, and, you know, he basically was telling us, I did what I came here to do. <laughs> whatever happens from this point on, hey, whatever, man. I did what I came here to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, he goes down the record books, man. Yo, he goes time. down in history in one of the most famous moments in sports history. So he did what he came to do, man. Let's get up out of here, Jim. Yes, sir. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody on every platform that has reached out during the show and during the last decade or so. Like, we appreciate all the support we get. 
But listen, you can check us out, you know, next week. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your sports, and we'll see you right back here. Catch everything we do and look at all of our media at the Hub. And the Hub is warroomsports.com. Also, pick up our book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.